uncontrollable woman. Do we have another questionable ass motherfucker up in here? Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where we fight those who rape the land, ruin the air, and run roughshod over environmental restrictions. My name is Mary. I am Takapa. Oh, no, wait, I'm, I'm Josh. Sorry. <laughs> I'm Melanie, and I'm, I'm sorry you're Josh. <laughs> well, who else would I be? <laughs> he gave me the... Who like, else would I be? The Burt look, didn't he? You know, the one where he like looks up from his book and just kind of pans at the camera. Oh, he did give me the Burt look. <laughs> <laughs> if, I got the if, Burt look. If, if I if I'm not me, then I'm wearing the wrong underwear. But that's <laughs> that's. And that's we're a, missing Sarah again tonight. We're hoping she might pop in, but we're not sure. So is, isn't she trying to gather evidence to help support the DOA in their fight to stop? Right. Tecampa? Yes. Yeah. She is off on a mission from the DOA. Yes. Working undercover. Yep. 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 Uh, very quickly, what's everyone been up to? Because we've been off for a little bit. Um, and what are you drinking at the same time? Um, I am drinking water. Um, I was contemplating drinking beer, and then um, I did, I'm now drinking water. But what I've been, I've been up to is I started doing Pilates to get my Pilates? completely out of, she- out of shape ass, maybe a little bit more in shape after all of that uh, sitting around and drinking wine and eating Cheetos during the pandemic. So that's what mm. I've been doing. It's all good, girl. Next. We all kind of did our own thing. What have you guys been up to? I was down in Disney World for a week. Did 200,000 steps, 90 miles of walking, basically, and dropped 5.2 pounds while eating like a pig. <laughs> How many days? Uh, eight. Eight days? Yeah. And then I came nice. back to a snowstorm and um, World War Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We won't yeah. go there, girl. That, we'll leave that off. That's a thing. Yeah. What have you been up to, Melanie? Same shit, different day. (laughs) Yeah. Which includes beer. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just... Nothing nothing really going on this month. I mean, well, I mean last month. I'm going to New York City again. What else is new? What's your fancy beer? My fancy beer is Sweet and Sour Georgia Peach by Untitled Art Brewing with Pontoon Brewing. Both out of Wisconsin. No birthdays to report at the moment, but anyone in the New England area, the 11th of March through the 13th, there is 90s Con uh, down in Hartford, Connecticut, at the Hartford Civic Center. And we have one person from Dallas that's going to be there with the Hocus Pocus cast. It is Armory Katz. So I'll be going down. I've already messaged him to tell him I'm coming down one of the days, so... Um, I'll do a quick thank you to our Patreon members, Captain America, Sheen Pai, Lauren Bernheim, Anita Wren, and Kristen Carlano. Thank you so much for um, supporting us and helping us continue to do this thing that we love. Um, if you are at all interested in joining the Patreon, uh, we have just added several new chapters to our saga where we are reading Dallas by Lee Raintree for our book club. Um, It's sultry and not at all canon. They have gone off. They've given Digger like a different wife. There's a whole thing happening. It's interesting. I'll I'll, I'll just say that. And then we've had to edit some of the language in the book. Oh my god. um, Yes. It's terrible. Yeah. It's And we've commented on it as we're as we're reading it. Like there were a few words that I refused to say. Like Yeah, we're just not saying. We're just replacing him. We're just replacing him. Or we'd be like Mary would be like ding in its place. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Because I have I have the garbage bell now. Ding. So when someone's garbage you can ring the garbage bell. Um, we also have on the Patreon, we have outtakes. Speaking of that, we have outtakes from this show that do not make it on air for several reasons. And some of those is because they're not, uh, you know, maybe relevant uh, uh, of quality. Sometimes our things are not relevant. We go off topic a lot. And then sometimes things are maybe not like 
things that we should put on the main feed. Um, so listen at your own risk. And some of them are funny. This may be not acceptable. I try to get each episode down to about an hour and a half. And sometimes we record for a while, depending on yeah. the episode. So there's a bunch of that stuff. Uh, and then we also have a listener um, Patreon submitted topics. So this yes. month, for example, um, we talk about um, if if there would be a new Dallas series and the TV movies, if Larry Hagman had unfortunately passed away in 95 when he had all that liver trouble, like, would they have happened without him? Which was a really interesting topic. He was weeks away from death when his liver yeah, came through. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. I remember, like... Kind of like sitting and waiting for news, hearing about all that. Talk you know? about a cliffhanger, <laughs> right? A real life one. Mm. Yeah. So if if that interests you, which I totally might not, but if you need, if you want more Dallas content, like that's a place to go for it. And we appreciate like every yes. dollar goes to just helping us to uh, pay for doing this to so, keep the lights anyway. on. I Enough also I also have the <laughs> never made movie script that we'll eventually start to read at some point. Oh, yeah. Point. That's going to be amazing. We're going to all have mm-hmm. to, like, be, take characters on. Oh, my God. That's going to oh be my great. Gosh. But, no, I really love, like, extra content opportunities. It's just me personally. I like I like the, the listener questions. I like the things that make us think a little bit. And it's like, wow, somebody gives a shit about right. my opinion? Really? Well, probably not. But, you know, it's just anything extra <laughs> that we can do for you guys. Because, I mean, you're supporting us. Like, what what can we do for you? Yeah. Basically. So, how about if any listeners want to maybe a listener profile so we can learn about our listeners? Yes. If yeah. they want to share any anything in questions? their, in their yeah. how they that's started a, watching memories of the show, that sort of thing, tell their stories. Yeah, that's a good idea. And any questions you guys want to ask us, feel free. We will choose to answer them or not. (laughs) Also, if you uh, don't have any extra cash to throw us, but you'd still like to support us, a really easy way to do that is to just go give us a like and a good review. (laughs) Good review um, on uh, iTunes. Because that would really actually, that helps a lot because that helps more people like I don't know their algorithm or something. It makes more people see us if we get more likes and re- actual reviews. So we're, that would be awesome. We're we're not going to threaten anybody that doesn't give a favorable review. I <laughs> yes we will not today anyway. Forty lashes. In the meantime, over in the UK, uh, Linda Pearl and Patrick Sorry. Duffy are doing. Um, I think they were doing love letters while they were waiting for the set to show up for Catch Me If You Can. And Aww. they're now doing that. Yeah. So if you're any listeners are over in that area, um, look, uh, I saw look, they're playing Ireland. They're playing Belfast, I think this week, maybe look it up and get over there. So we got an email from a listener. This comes to us from I want to pronounce it correctly. Chris Carrion. He says, how do y'all let me first say thank you to all of you for putting this pod to, pod. I can't even speak, man. Putting this podcast together. Super excited that the Ewing Barbecue is a thing and please keep doing it. We have a fan. Yay. (laughs) Second, allow me a moment to introduce myself and tell you all my Dallas story. My name is Chris and I'm a 41-year-old man who has lived his entire life in Austin, Texas. My Dallas fandom draws an interesting line through my life and the way we all consume media has changed over time. Like many Dallas fans of our generation, I came to Dallas through my mother. As we all know, Dallas during its original one, or it, I can't. During its original run, was appointment TV during a time before on-demand streaming, DVRs, or even DVDs. I have vivid memories of watching the latter seasons of Dallas with with my mother. Funny story, so do I. Not my mother. Anyway, I can still remember being sad when Ray left for Europe, and my excitement when he returned briefly to help the Ewings win the Range War. Now, I liked that. A lot of people didn't. That was a fun thing. Oh. Bob, Bob, I can st- Bobby going all James, or, you know, Commando with the black uh, outfit and everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris says, I can still remember wondering how JR was, wondering how JR was ever going to get out of Haleyville, and then if he would ever get out of the asylum. 
At the same time, I would be thrilled if I happened to catch a rerun on TNN. To my young mind, it was like jumping in a time machine compared to what was coming out weekly, and catching an episode with Jock was like watching a ghost. Bobby's son being named Christopher was extra exciting to me, also being a Christopher. In addition, every so often one of the characters would have to run off to Austin for some meeting or other. In the years since the first run of Dallas, Austin has gotten a bit of a name for itself in the wider world, but back in the 80s and early 90s, Austin was a sleepy government and university town. Hearing Austin mentioned on national TV was not something that happened very often in those days. All these things helped me form a bond with the show that would endure after its cancellation. When the reunion movie J.R. Returns was announced, I was over the moon, and the final product did not disappoint. Personally, the thought of the show leaving Cliff Barnes in charge of viewing oil always made my skin crawl, so I was glad to see J.R. Returns fix this. Being born in 1980, I am right around the ages of John Ross and Christopher. As a result, getting to see those two have their own storylines in the film as teens really spoke to me at the time. As time passed and technology changed, I revisited Dallas. After getting married in my mid-twenties, I discovered that the, my then-wife was also a Dallas fan. By this time, full-season box sets of shows on DVD had become a popular trend, and I began to collect seasons of Dallas and start to watch the first few seasons in its entirety for the first time. The commentary tracks on some of the episodes were particularly fascinating to me. Never did manage to buy all the seasons of the show, and I lost the ones I had in my divorce, mm. but got to see a lot more episodes in the first few years that way than I ever had before. Before my divorce, I did make a trip up to South Fork with my then-wife for my birthday the summer before the new Dallas started its first season. Not only was South Fork a really beautiful ranch, it was also buzzing with energy about the new show. In hindsight, I'm really thankful I got to visit at that time. With the original Dallas having been such a bonding experience between me and my mother, I set out to do the same with the new Dallas. Each week, we would go out to dinner while the episode was being recorded on one of our DVRs. Once dinner was done, we'd sit down and watch the show together. Being in my early 30s at the time of the new show, I really identified with Christopher and John Ross's struggles to establish their own sense of self as men in the shadows of their legendary fathers. As I'm sure most of us do, I feel the new show was canceled far too early, especially because that meant that the last thing that happened on Dallas was After the cancellation of the new show, time marched on, as did new technology, but my love for Dallas never really faded. With the rise of the podcast, and especially the rewatch podcast, my curiosity was piqued. Could a Dallas rewatch podcast be a thing? <laughs> Much thanks to you all, it is indeed a thing. Combine that with the age of streaming I am now, I am now able to watch one of my favorite shows, Bell to Bell, for the very first time. What's more, because of your podcast, I do not have to feel alone as I do it. Presently, I just finished Season 2, Episode 4, Bypass. Listening to podcasts tends to help me do my work better during my work day. I've been watching the TV episode at night and listening to the corresponding podcast episode the next day. I've been trying to get in two or three episodes in a week, so I hope to catch up to present in the near future. Admittedly, this has been long as introductions go, but if you've made it this far, you have my gratitude. If anyone in the world would understand my Dallas story and what it means to me, it would be you all. Thanks again for what you do and keep it up. Sincerely, Chris. Yay! Chris, that was beautiful. And yeah. in the podcast, you haven't met me yet, but when you do. <laughs> that is right. the when. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I want to say that um, as someone that's gone around to a lot of the uh, fan the conventions out there, if Chris or any of the other uh, listeners have a chance to go to any of these and meet any of the cast members, definitely do it because uh, they are really nice people. Linda Gray, Patrick Duff, anyone that you can meet. While you have the chance, definitely do it. You won't, you won't be disappointed. And South Fork uh, also has the Live Like a Ewing where you can stay overnight. So if you really want to have a special occasion, head on down and stay overnight. You can, can sleep in J.R. and Sue Ellen's bed. <laughs> that bed's been used one too many times. Okay, so tonight we are talking about uh, Season 4, Episode 18, 
Mark of Cain. Copper is important to me, Bobby. More important than your marriage. That's up to your mama. Ray's feelings for Jock haven't changed just because he's a human. Maybe a lot of other things haven't changed. Like Jock continuing to keep little secrets from me. I think there's a conflict of interest here. The way I see it, Senator, it would be best for everyone if you were to ask the lieutenant governor to remove you from this panel. Are you asking me to divorce Sue Adams? You should do whatever it is you really want to do. The ball's in your court, JR. It was written by Lee Marcus, directed by Larry Hagman, and aired March 13th, 1981. And some casting notes. Uh, Mitch's classmate, Jean, they're both in medical school, and uh, she's played by Ellen Bry, who went on to play Nurse Shirley Daniels on Salesware. I think it would have been funny if her name was Shirley on the show. It would have been like Shirley Daniels in med school, and then she ended up at St. Elsewhere. But, um, Don't call me Shirley. I just want to let you both know good luck. We're all counting on you. David Healy, uh, who was one of the senators, the one with the dark hair, uh, returned in episodes 303 through 305 as Chick Harvard. Lance Guest, who was one of the uh, guys that was gawking over Lucy's photo shoot in the magazine also played Steve Brewer on Knott's Landing and actually played a um, orderly on St. Elsewhere so it's kind of funny that he's in the same scene with Ellen Bry who was also on St. Elsewhere and this episode was number one for the week and Priscilla Pointer first heard that she was brought back to Dallas because her first appearance in episode 63 went so well. And she really enjoyed working with Victoria Principal and you know all that stuff there. And Victoria also said that of all the talented guest stars, her choice for one of her favorites was Priscilla because she obviously shared a lot of time with Barbara on screen. And here's an interesting fact. Barbara Babcock, uh, that whom Larry directed in one of the episodes that she was in, she liked him very much as a director, and they worked together on Macmillan and Wife, where they actually mm. played husband and wife. So mm. Larry, Jr. and Liz Craig were mm. married on another show. And Monty Markham had a great time filming this episode in The Twist because... Larry Hagman had the idea of having the champagne and caviar on oh, set I, for that. Very scene. 80s, very fancy 80s, which I talk about later. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a. I'm, I've never had caviar. Had caviar. I want to try it. A, yeah. Yes, it is I, salty I feel like I'd AF. Like it. So it. I like Marmite. It, that's You're how right. people. I like Marmite and Vegemite, but people don't know how to use those properly. They. You have to use it a sparingly as a spread a on bread. Marmite, and then chef's kiss. Right. Okay, so caviar, you a little goes a long way. It's kind of like Less you put more. it in your mouth and it's like, yeah, it's just salty, salty. So it's like eating straight up like, okay, you know you get salt water in your mouth when you're in the ocean sometimes. It's, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. that in like little bead form. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> So, so like smaller versions of capers. Yeah. Very salty Maybe. boba. And just like salty, capers. salty, salty. Oh yeah. Salty, salty, salty. Salty okay. boba. Cool, cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. Cool. I want to try it. It's worth it once with those, you know, like soda crackers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Melanie, have you had Marmite or Vegemite? I have not. Oh. Well, you try that. We'll try the caviar, and then we'll all have a little chat. See what our thoughts are. Deal. Deal. Sarah, I will do Sarah that. if you're out there listening, that's your assignment too. Sorry, you sorry. have to try both. Yes. That's your homework. Both. Yep. And I don't like champagne, but I would drink it if I was having caviar. Just because. Make sure Reason. it's a good champagne. Dom Perignon. Top of the line. Yeah. Okay. Now now that I've had both in separate settings, champagne and caviar, what the fuck? <laughs> like why? I don't know. I man. don't mm. Just it. It's just, always, it's just. It's just. It's just flaunting your movies. extravagance. That's all. 
Right, because they're both expensive. Yeah. I mean, right. like not caviar, oysters or something. And like, if make you're it gonna, interesting. If you're going to have caviar, make sure it comes from the Ukraine and not Russia. Thank you. <laughs> right. Wait, it's... Okay. Never mind. <laughs> and your vodka, make sure it comes from the Ukraine. Um, Meanwhile, back at, back at Ewing Oil. Okay, so... Um, yeah, Ewing Oil, all the Takapa dudes um, were, like, up all night trying to figure out what to do. My favorite when somebody was like, that's, what, what Donna Culver, and then looks at right, I mean, Punk Donna Krebs. I'm like, yeah, that's Donna Culver Krebs to you. And right. I, I'm sure that this got you yeah, going he, when Punk said, husbands who can't control their wives. I said, fuck that punk. Yeah, ding. Yeah. Garbage bell. Garbage, Garbage. bell. Bullshit. Garbage. I put that in big bold letters because I said, oh, that's going to get some comments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Control their Ray, Ray gives them a pass. Ray's like, well, maybe maybe they were just more savvy than we gave them credit for. And, well, you know, Punk's like, bullshit. He didn't say bullshit, but he, he would You said they were just having a little tea party <laughs> or something like that. And he's really... Dim- I'm like, Hit the bell. Oh my god, what a dick. <laughs> uh, what what was up with Punk's uh pattern shirt there that was kind of funky looking? And you had Ray in his suit and you had Harv in his creme de menthe uh colored shirt there. <laughs> I'm like wh- Harv surprised me. Like Yeah, what well, I feel like I feel like Jock was supposed to be in the scene. And I wonder if like just Jim couldn't make That's it. That's what I was thinking. Because he really, like, he's missed mm-hmm. in that scene. Yep. And Harv seems, like, kind of out of place there. Like, out of place. Right. They were like, oh, shit, who could we bring in? Oh, we'll just bring in Harv and say, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. It's, you can tell they're starting yeah. to scramble as Jim is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I do want to say that Jim Davis gets the actor of the I'm going to give him the Actor of the Season award here for f- what he's fighting through yeah. and still able to do his... I mean, this is one of his biggest storylines, and he's dying in real life. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And he's, oh he's pulling out all the stops, and he's yep. not complaining. And yep. from what Lee McCluskey said and when we had him on, his behavior on set is just... yeah. He's doing it with style. So, so he's going to get my MVP of the season award. Uh, so then we go to South Fork, where's Bobby and Pam. And I, in this scene, Pam's perm is looking better. Like, I feel like it's growing out a little bit. Maybe it's Starting not to tight. unpoodle itself? Unpoodle itself. It actually looks pretty good. But I wonder how many... Don't get too comfortable I wonder comfortable if the uh, hair department got a lot of complaints, and they're like, uh, uh, no. I, I don't know, because... Later, later on in this episode, but right now, right now, it looks okay in this one scene. <sighs> but then Mr. Lake comes home. But they, they agree to put their problems behind them. So that was nice yes, to see. They, yeah, basically they, they make, they agree to put their problems behind them and make up and kiss, play kissy face in the morning. And it's actually nice that they're not fighting for once. Right. Because you can't have, you should, as we've seen up to now, you, you have J.R. and Swell fighting. You can't have Bobby and Pam fighting because right. you, need, you need balance. Oh J.R. God. and Swell were getting along. Like, Bobby and Pam were fighting. I now, feel like they've been fighting for two years. You know, it's just been so annoying. So, but nobody yeah, wants nice. to. Nobody wants to watch a TV show where married couples sit around and sing Kumbaya and hold hands. That's boring. No, but I also don't want to see a married couple who like argues every single fucking episode. <sighs> Too. Like that gets old. Like just get divorced up if that's gonna be a thing. And it's what I feel like Bobby and Pam have been. So I'm glad that they're they're actually talking, communicating, getting along. It's nice. Yes. And Pam leaves for work. And Bobby's doing mm-hmm. he's got his stuff spread all over that patio table. There's yeah. no room for breakfast on that table. It's because he doesn't have his office together yet. So he's just like making that his makeshift office makeshift office, I think. Right, and he's looking. He's looking for where to get that George Washington and Abraham Lincoln picture with the <laughs> right. Lady Liberty that he puts up on the mm-hmm. wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
But then Miss Sally comes home, and she is still pissed about last night. Ooh. You can tell when Ellie is pissed. Barbara oh, yeah. is. It, Barbara dials it up. And Bobby is like, he kind of like suggests that she should maybe just like back off a little bit. To, and, and, and she is not hearing it. Nope. She is like, nope, fuck that. Not doing it. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. She won't back down. Nope. She's, she's compromised her whole life. back down. She's compromised her whole life. It. And she's like just done. She's like, I, I'm done. I'm done compromising for Jack and all these dudes. Like, I'm not. Ba- this, this means something to me. I'm standing up for it. The camel's back has been broken. Yeah. And then he's like, well, aren't you worried about your marriage? And then she's like, well, maybe you should be talking to your daddy about the marriage then. Who never you? came home and last night, by the way. Who didn't come? Right. And Bobby's kind of like, oh, yeah, it's probably a good point. <laughs> uh, if Julie Gray were still alive, we know where Jack would be. Uh, no. Ooh. Ouch. Mm. Yeah. Probably. Get that horse whip. <laughs> yep. But Bobby uh, says that you know, Swampland is not worth their marriage, and she says it's more than Swamplands. It's about yeah. preservation. Yeah. This is an episode she, about she, preservation. It means something to her. Yeah. yeah. Preservation. Yeah. The Preservation Society. <laughs> um, and then JR, we switched to JR calling Leslie. And she's, not, she's home. She's not picking up. She's letting that go straight to the machine. She's screening her calls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, so JR gets... Oh, Sue Ellen sees that uh, JR's got the machine, and it just makes, like, a joke about it. Having trouble with your help? (laughs) (laughs) Having trouble with the help, yeah. (laughs) And then he leaves, and boom, Clint calls. Uh, What what the? Good timing. There are no coincidences. (laughs) That's right. Zero. And there are phones everywhere. There's a phone at the patio. There's a phone by the pool. There's a phone in the thing. There's a phone. It's always where it's needed. Mm-hmm. I'd hate to see. Pretty convenient. I would hate to see all the cords running along the floors and everything, and just how they. Oh, we can't step on this. Got to trip that. You know, put the put the rugs down to cover all the cords. That's kind of how it was back in the day, though. I mean, you did have phone cords kind of running everywhere. Yes. And there were a lot more trips to the emergency room because people were tripping over cords and banging their head on the floor. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> Probably true. Um, so, yeah, Clint calls to make a quote-unquote lunch date again. Oh, there's mm. eat, there, there'll be eating going on, but not, not food. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe Sue Ellen says, like, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> she wants to go to the hot dog stand. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> okay, so then um, it's breakfast, and then Jack finally saunters in. He's looking very thin, but he's walking. And when I first watched through, and I have memories back and knowing the jobs, I always only remember the scenes where he was sitting. And he's, even though he's struggling, he's doing a lot more standing or walking or leaning than I remember him doing. I heard that um, they would, the writers and stuff would actually talk about where Jock's character was going to go just to give him hope, you know, in oh, his really? later days. Oh. Just because uh, he, he wanted to have something to fight for and just. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, I wonder what they told him that Jock was going to do. I don't know. I would love to know that because, I mean, yeah. I know there were probably, it would have been interesting to see more interaction between him and Ellie and people like uh, Rebecca and. uh, Yeah, for sure. Even Clayton Farlow was supposed to be a contemporary with them and not, (laughs) he wasn't brought in as a replacement. He was brought in as a contemporary to Mm -hmm. give them people their own age to play off of and stuff. So. Um, anyway, so Jock is still pissed, and Ellie says that, um, and he says that Ellie is the one that's causing all the trouble. Really, Jack? Really? I'm sorry. It, it takes two to tango, Jock. I think you're the one that, like, didn't tell your wife you were involved at all, even after you found out she was involved. Right. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you shoulder a little bit, a lot more of the blame, and yeah, for wait. sure. I mean, I know in you know in marital discourse, there's both parties bring something into it, but he's not. Yeah. He's keeping secrets. Yeah. Um, which then we we talk about in the next scene with Ellie and Donna when Ellie straight out asked Donna if she knew, and Donna has to tell her you like yeah I did, and then Ellie's just so taken aback and and she's like well why didn't you say anything like and then she's like well I didn't know the whole time, I just knew recently and it wasn't my place and and Ellie thinks it was her place but then she's like we we're hoping Jock would tell you, and then she's like oh yeah good point. He should have. And Jock has made a commitment to his friends and he's sticking to it. Yeah. Like, okay, well, what about your wife, dude? (laughs) I could call him Jockstrap Ewing at this point right now because he's being a dick. (laughs) Yeah, I think Ellie's just mostly mad because Jock is keeping secrets as he's done their entire marriage. And she's just like, mostly since all these secrets like are coming out, like the wife, the kid... Oh, yeah, she's just done. I mean, she knew that he had a relationship with Ray's mother during the war because he came home and told her that. He did tell her, but I think it's a kind of thing that, like, she forgot about, kind of. Like, she knew it, but she'd kind of gotten over it. But the fact that there was a kid makes it different, Right. I think. Right, that just re—that's like taking the knife and just re— Scraping yeah. the wound. And she's tired mostly of since it's like, I think it's mostly because it's like seen as like a love story that they had there. It wasn't like it was just like someone he just kind of slept with once and then got her pregnant. It sounded like they had a romance. And that's going to be a little harder to get over, I think. Yeah. And we, we obviously weren't alive during World War II. We don't know what the back backdrop of right. World yeah, War situation war. is. And yeah. oh, I hope we don't. I'm not here to judge. Right. But I mean, he could. There were a lot of people that, when they enlist, they get they get married right before they run off because they want to be married, and then, but then they get over there and they don't know if they're going to come home, so they're you know pulling into any mm-hmm. port they can. They're just right. It's, it's a situation that none of us understand, and hope, oh, hope, and hope never to. Honestly, no. I'm good with not knowing and understanding. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Let me cut to Leslie is waiting for JR in his office when he arrives in the morning. And he leaves all those messages on Luella's desk when he finds out she's in the office. All those little slips of paper. And oh, yeah. And we notice that Phyllis is back for good now. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Welcome back, Deborah Tornelli. We'll be yep. talking with you soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's waiting there to hand him her letter of resignation. All part of a plot on her part. Oh, my God. And this is when it becomes so clear. Because JR is, like, surprised. He's like, isn't this a little dramatic? And then then she reminds him that she brought to him everything that she promised. And this is the first time she failed. And it's like, I feel like there's a lot of plotting happening right now. Right. Gamesmanship. One-upsmanship. Mm-hmm. 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 What's going on in that little mind? We'll find yeah. out soon enough. We cut to Pam at the store. Um, she and that, Jackie are just talking, and then out that of the is blue, the ug- that is the ugliest green silk I have seen. It looks like puke. It, it's a very, I would say that's a very contemporary 1981 color, though. Yeah, puke green. Mm. Yeah, very popular. Very popular. Is that? I wonder if that's the same green that I'm thinking of that my dad calls baby poop green. <laughs> well, do you remember when they used to have the brown M&M and then they had the poop brown M&M? It was like tan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, we, people would call it the poop brown M&M because it was the tan. <laughs> I don't remember anybody calling it the poop brown M&M. Oh, all around here, everyone was calling it the, the brown and poop brown. Maybe they did they they not have Boston. that anymore? Like, I've never even noticed. No, they just, got rid of that like, when they put the, put the red in, and then they put the blue back in, and huh. they got rid of that. Man, I'm but. not up on my M&Ms. <laughs> um, but anyway, out of the blue, her mom is there, Rebecca, in the most fabulous cloak. Like, I want that thing. That was beautiful. I said it looked like a gray witch's cape. <laughs> okay, that's why I like it. 
Okay. <laughs> that that see that tracks because that's totally my aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> like it looks like a witch's game. Yes, and I said I wanted it. Yes, <laughs> all true. <laughs> See, I know you. But, yeah, just the way she comes in, Pam. Remember me, Rebecca Wentworth, and it's like Herbert's wife. What it, are it, you it's, doing it's here? Really awkward for a second there. She's just like, oh, okay. And, and the, then it's like, hug, Mama's here, and it's like, well, ja- ja- <laughs> well, they wait. Yeah. They wait till Jackie leaves, and then. The phone starts ringing yeah. more than it's rung any time that she's Ever. been in her office. And they're like, oh, yeah. we need to go to lunch. We need to get out of here. <laughs> okay. But I put Pam's mama, love. I know. It's, it is nice. Oh. It's a weird scene, though. She should have come back a long time ago. Yeah, she should have. She, she definitely should And when should've. we get to their lunch, I have questions. Um, yeah, same. Okay. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, we get to Bobby decorating his new office. With that Washington, Lincoln, and Lady Liberty Yeah. Thing. Mm, I, maybe he should get a decorator. I don't know. Yeah. Just a call. It's not like they can't afford it. <laughs> right. And it's nice to see Cliff show up and in the room with a Ewing and not uh, be at each other's throats. Right? I was thinking the same thing. Like, they're just talking to each other, and it's really refreshing. They, they, they could have given those two a, a, a buddy-buddy spinoff show uh, and had them go on adventures <laughs> they really together. Could have. <laughs> they could have, for sure. And he informs Bobby that um, one of the committees that he's inheriting from Dave Culver is the one that's going to make the decision about Takapa. Dun, dun, dun. Bobby's not happy about that. No. No. And I've, I'm sure we all have things to say when we get to the uh, committee. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, we cut to Pam and Rebecca's lunch, and Rebecca tells Pam that her husband has died. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. He's Herbert Wentworth. He's been dead for a couple of months. He was a prominent person in the society don't you think it would have been in a newspaper and Pam would have heard about this? Right? Don't you think she would have known? Because she seems really surprised. I mean, he died in New York when they were visiting their daughter. But they're not from that far away, right? I mean, she doesn't live that far away no, in they, Texas. They pass through in some of the, the those political event right. scenes. Yeah, yeah. They're in the same scene. So, yeah, that doesn't make that, any sense. That doesn't jive. That... Mm-mm. Did you have that written down, too? I didn't have that written down, but it's a very good point. Yes. She's come to, like, just mend fences. She's basically like, he's dead, so it's time for me to, like, I just want my family back. I want my kids back. I want you and Cliff. And, and, ma- and maybe her her daughter can come live with them, too. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Right? Big, happy yeah. family? Yeah. What a bit, yeah. yeah. Catherine, can't wait to meet her. Um, <laughs> and, uh... Then it becomes pretty clear that uh, Pam has not told Cliff about Rebecca being alive at all. Nope. Well, and Rebecca's like, well, maybe it's time. I mean, Pam didn't think she was going to see Rebecca again, so there was no point to stoke And I agree with Pam. Like, Cliff had a pretty emotional reaction to the whole thing. And just... And then basically Rebecca was just like pushing them away again. Like, I can't deal with this. So she knew Cliff so, wasn't going to be able to handle that. Yeah, there's no need to just re-salt the wound. No, none at all. And now Rebecca's all like, nope, now I want everything. Now it's fine. And I feel like, although I'm glad she's reached that point, she needs to slow it down a little right. bit. She's like, mm-hmm. she's like, I can't drive 55 because I'm going 75. And she's... <laughs> Like totally. speeding down the highway. Yeah, yeah. She sold the house in Houston. Which, yeah. Uh, she must have gotten a good penny for that, so she can probably get some nice I'll apartment. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But how good is the Caesar salad at this restaurant? Because uh, so Pam says it's the best thing ever. Wow. <clears throat> so can I we guess can we right. go to, take a field trip down there and test it? Yeah. Yeah. Then we should. And yeah. then we're gonna go to the hot biscuit for breakfast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Melody. <laughs> Got a hot biscuit. Hot biscuit. Want a hot biscuit. <laughs> and I want Joan and Van so- Ark wearing the uh, the uniform. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. 
And Pam's going to volunteer to help uh, Rebecca look for a place. So that's going to be she can not show up for work whenever she feels like it. Right. Yeah, she's like, oh, let's take off tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I wish, okay. I wish I could do that. I mean, where I work. She never, she never seems to be able to take off work for any of Bobby's shit, but. Where, oh, I, yeah, where I work, they have this policy that they want you to check with them before you make any outside plans in your life at all. No. Here's the thing, though. Your name isn't Pam Ewing. Maybe if it was Josh Ewing, that might work. Well, I did. When I had a picture with Larry and Linda, I did say I was their spare child. And she's Linda, <laughs> yeah, said, Linda yeah. said, oh, you don't want to be part of this family. And then Josh Henderson Ooh. and I went and did bourbon shots at the bar. Nice. nice. Uh, jealous. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, so then um, we cut to Donna and Bobby, and they just talk about how divided he is. And she tells him to vote with her, his conscience. That's Yeah, because he's just like, I don't know which way to vote. And she's like, here's a novel idea. Vote your conscience. And he's kind of like, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> Oof. Mm-hmm. And then Jock is drinking bourbon by himself in the living room. <laughs> Sitting in the chair with those big glasses. Yep, just just hanging, reading the paper. His Definitely his color is, you can see it in the lips. The lips are pale. He looks like they put a lot of makeup on him to give him color. Mm-hmm. So he didn't fix things with Ellie and Jared didn't fix things with the cartel. So we got, we got some not fixing going on here. That's true. My favorite part of the scene is when he Jr. walks in and he sees him sitting there, and he, Jr. says, "I should get me one of those." And Jock just goes, "Hehe." <laughs> 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 it's like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh God, I love Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> So good, so good. And Jr. tries to save face and says that he dismissed Leslie Stewart that morning. Uh, Lies through his teeth. You did not, <laughs> sir. You wish you did, Jr. You Ugh. sit on a throne of lies. Liar, liar, liar. Ugh. And then he says he's gonna. He has a plan to get into the cartel soon. Like, okay, mm. I don't think. All right, whatever. He's full of shit. He is totally full of shit. He's just faking it till he makes it. That's right. Meanwhile, Clint drops the caviar and pounces on Sue, fur-wearing Sue Ellen as soon as she comes through that door. This scene is like the most 80s, decadent, whatever scene ever. Cause yeah, it's a hotel room with caviar, champagne, roses. And then, yeah, Sue Ellen comes in with her big old fur coat. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Again, the caviar and champagne, Larry Hagman's idea. Yep. Yep. And, you know. Nice touch, Larry. Nice touch. Yep. Nice call. But I think it, it totally, I think it totally, in this scene, it really, really extra works because Clint is really trying to impress Sue Ellen. And as they start talking and reminiscing about their past and they, they reminisce that whole story about getting the hotel room. Skipping basketball, room. skipping champagne, being $4 short. Right. And like how they just didn't have money then. And like, basically he was like, like, Basically, if we would have slept together, maybe we would have gotten married. So it seems like he's been living his whole life because he's regretted that, obviously. And he's been blaming that all on not having enough money. Only being able to get peanut butter and jelly and not caviar and champagne. He basically just called Sue Ellen materialistic. He really kind of did. Yeah. This is not how you woo her. Sorry. Right. Right. What's wrong Um, with peanut butter and jelly? You know? Nothing. I like peanut butter and jelly. You I like crun- crunchy peanut, peanut butter. I, I like both, but if I'm making my own sandwich, I like creamy because the crunchy always rips my bread. Depends what bread you use. That is very true. You can't use Touché. that cheap store-bought Wonder Bread because that, that stuff rips. Yeah. That's, it it, it rips when the wind blows. Kid, that's the shit we had. That's the stuff with, that rips when the wind blows. And then yeah. you got to cut off yeah. those crappy little crusts. Uh-huh. I was allowed to do that, though, because that was wasting food. So yep. I was not allowed to cut off the crust. Right. I like on a nice so. French loaf of French bread, like the oh, yeah, like yeah. the baguettes that Jerry Horn brought back with the, ca- uh, the cam- yes. camembert and butter. Brie and butter. Oh, brie and butter, yeah. Um, 
I like the ends, the heels, because it has that nice mm-hmm. crunchy round part and the soft yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Oh, I bet that would be good, good with warm peanut butter inside and fluff. That would be jet, really good. Or jelly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so anyway, so he's just kind of like, hey, they, they kiss a little bit, and then he's like, we, ca- we really have to talk. And she's just kind of like, ha, 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 let's not talk. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't want to have to make any brass decisions. She just is enjoying it how how it is. She wants to go to Pound Town and not Talk Town. She's, she's enjoying that neither of them are available because they can just have their thing and they don't have to make any commitments. She doesn't want that. Because they they have <sighs> they have Jr. and Alicia on the back corners. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then Bobby goes to visit Ray. I feel like this is the first time we've seen Bobby at Ray's. Yes. Not the last time. Not the last time. They have some beers. Some beers. Some beers. And uh, he wants Ray, he wants Ray to convince Jock to pull up to Kappa. And Ray's just like, what? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That's not going to happen. And then it becomes clear that Bobby's a little, a little brother jealousy going on here because Jock's spending. Yeah. Yeah. That really came out. Like, yeah. he's just like, oof. Like, you have more of his attention and time than anyone and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, Ray's not having any of that. And it's like, Mm-mm. you get it too Bobby's bad. Bobby's telling on himself. And for someone that uh, wants to be called Krebs, he's certainly talking like a Ewing. Which is also true. It is, yeah. And it, it was like, we go back and um, Steve was ready to leave the show before this whole yeah. Brother storyline yeah, came up, so he's really playing he wasn't it up. Not really to the doing hint. anything. No, so. I mean, it was just, yes. It's Here's the feed bill, Mr. Ewing. Here's, uh, you know. Yeah. It's nice to see him in an actual storyline, good role. Not getting duped on by JR for sleeping with right. Garnet McGee. Right. Um, and then we cut to Ellie having coffee. So she's sitting and having coffee outside. Soundstage uh, shot. Very yeah, obvious. Very obviously. Very obvious. Yep. She's, it's like she's having a nice, peaceful morning, and then everyone bursts in. And then she busts out when her husband mm-hmm. shows up. Yep. <laughs> Ellie out. But JR's trying to make his little, you know, little JR comments here and there. Oh, Sue Ellen are shopping, and Bobby mm-hmm. getting, you know, getting to Austin, and all blah, blah, blah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then Jordan Lee calls. And you see Jim is, I think he's propping himself up against the house. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Yep. Jordan Lee is coming across like the pouty child, and he's going to get that bell a few times before this oh, is over. Yeah. So, he's always so very dramatic. <laughs> Don Starr, Jordan Lee, the, the JR. Like, you never notice how his head, like, shakes. He's like, ah, when he's, when he's mad. I never his, notice it until this rewatch. And the eyes look like they're going to pop out of their times. head. He, yeah. He's as dramatic as Laurie Metcalf yeah. is on Roseanne and the Connors. She just, like, the overly dramatic acting. Uh, it's like, right, right. Overacting. I have a line, and I'm going to say the line. <laughs> and you're going to listen to me. Yep. Oh, so funny. <laughs> breathe, That's Melanie, breathe. <laughs> I just thought that he calls and he's all fired up. And then, and they're literally like, what is happening? And then the Wall Street Journal calls. Something about a policy and, statement. And Jock right, is, and that, picks up the paper and his, his, his eyes, his head looks like it's going to explode. It does. What in the hell has JR done now? And then we don't know. But then it cuts to the next scene where JR pulls up in front of Ewing Oil. Funky music. Funky music drink. playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Drinkity drink, drink. Drink, drink. 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 Uh, he nope, literally nope. has no idea what's happening. None at all. He's walking um, into an ambush. Right. And it's hilarious because he has no clue. Um, <laughs> so he walks in and there's just like a ton of people. And he's just like, what? It was like almost like as many as when the Asian Wells uh, and all those reporters yeah. descended upon yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Because basically, almost as big as news, because it's Ewing Oil and the paper putting their statement saying that they're pro environment 
and <laughs> preservation <laughs> over profits. Right, right, which is, of course, total bullshit. It's, and Leslie's um, dropping bombs. <laughs> oh my god, that that was amazing. You dropped a bomb on me, <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Don't fuck with a media consultant. Just like don't fuck no. with a babysitter. Don't fuck with a media consultant. It was hilarious. JR walks in the office and they're like, Mr. Ewing, what can you tell us about raping the, what is it, raping the environment or something raping like that? Raping the environment, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, uh, uh, I work yeah, absolutely Luella, can I see you in the office yes. for a minute? <laughs> JR does what JR does best. He he bullshits the bullshitters he, and smooths his way over and is like, bitch, get in my office. Basically. Yep. <laughs> and he turns that around and says, Oh, yeah, yeah, we are you know, preservation blah, blah, blah. He's, Absolutely. He's like, I'll tell like, you more than you need to know. <laughs> what like, is this shit? The Mountain oh Club. God. I'd like to see JR with the Mountain Club. <laughs> the Mountain oh, Club. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. And he puts off the governor who's called too. Oh, yep. Governor, Governor of Texas. That's oh my gosh, we cut from all of that shenanigans to Sue Ellen at therapy, just seeing the praises of afternoon sex with Clint. She's going on about her love making to Dr. Albert. Oh my God. Blech. And he's just like, okay. Like, he doesn't Dr. believe Dr. Obi's like, okay, so we're going to do this bullshit again. Right, basically, so we're doing this again. And then she's like, oh, I'm totally over Dusty. And he's just like, uh... No, you're not. Okay. <laughs> but Clint is a reminder of the best part of her past, which she says is the best part of her life. And Right. She's admitting it's all nostalgia. I mean, she's literally... She, I mean, mm-hmm. He does ask her, what about her child? And she loves her child, but she needs more. Right. It's not enough. Which, I mean, true, but yeah, I feel like she's not thinking a whole lot about her kid right now. Nope. nope. But she says she just wants to love and be loved, and he's just like, uh, okay, but maybe okay. it's Don't not you now want somebody to love? Yep, and he's just like, <laughs> she just said basically like the past was the best part of her life, and so she just wants that, and mm. that's sad. Pam and Rebecca are house hunting, and okay, now Pam's hair is different again, and it's shitty again. <laughs> now she's like got it cut in in poodle perm again, and ugh, it was good for two seconds. It's like the 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 wet poodle versus the dry poodle, and it just gets all like. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, <laughs> oh, Pam. And then it's just Rebecca, like, so when am I gonna meet Cliff? And does Pam is <laughs> why don't you settle in first? Yeah, we'll just wait a little bit. Um, and then we cut to Lucy's apartment, where that is a whole bunch of media in there, too. Just way too many people for that small apartment. The morning show. Yep, the morning show. And um, she's being interviewed about being Miss Young Dallas. And If they knew that she couldn't cook for to save her life, her, her cooking as well as a <laughs> right. caterer. She admits to that, though. She's like, I can cook TV dinner. Yeah. <laughs> And they think that's adorable. Um, and then <laughs> Mitch comes home in the middle of it, and she's like, surprise, I thought you'd like this surprise. And, like... Why would he like that surprise? Do you not know your husband at all? Like, he wouldn't like any part of that surprise. None of that. Nope. nope. No. He would not. Uh-uh. No, Mr. Ewing would not like any of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. Oh, yeah. And they call him Mr. Ewing, and you can just see him just like... He's what like, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> right. Oh, hell no. Smoke, smoke's starting to squirt out the ears a little bit here. Little, and then he's all, he's fine. And then the one dude's being an asshole. And he's just like, hey, can you back up? Mr. Ewing, can you back up more? A little more. A little more. Mi- Mr. Ewing is backed up and all he's going to do, enough. You know, it's like, out the door. Peace out, yo. Oof. Okay, Mitch. Mm. Well, he, he could have said... Cooper. Yeah, he he could have handled it a lot of different ways, you know, other than just getting pissy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to the committee in Austin. All right. Yeah. We got thoughts. Yeah. We got yeah. thoughts. Mm-hmm. Do you have thoughts? Uh, yeah, I do have some thoughts. So they're calling Bobby out on his conflict of interest, um, which he has. I mean, they have a legitimate concern that he has a conflict of interest on both sides. You know, I really. 
working in a local TV studio, I've had to cover municipal meetings and this and that, and I have seen people re- have to recuse themselves for a lot less conflict of interest than this. Right. Yeah. It's conflict of interest. You're out. Period. Finish. This shouldn't your, even be up for family, debate. You personally stand to gain money from mm-hmm. if this goes through. Right. So it's 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 black and white here. It's there really shouldn't yeah. be any. Yeah. It's he should not be on that committee at all. At all. At all. Melanie, do you agree? Big, huge conflict of interest right there. Because I mean, he's already has he already had that conversation with Donna. About the conscience. Vote your conscience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so I was like, why did I... Bad. <laughs> yeah, bad. Those are my... Bad, yeah. And you know one word that I keep hearing come up in all of this? Do-gooders. 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 Over and over and over. And it's like, why is that a bad thing? Right. Like, it's, why is the DOA a bunch of do-gooders? I mean... I think it's the same thing as now the equivalent to be would be woke. How they're weaponizing the word woke. We, right? We, they weaponize do-gooders. And mm. someone of Jock Ewing's mentality would be like, you got to control your women. You can't let them have these tea parties unsupervised. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, the tea parties. <laughs> tea parties. Jesus. Oh, Last time there was a tea party, it all ended up in the Boston Harbor, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there should be no discussion. It should be, yeah. you're out. You Please leave the yeah. room. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Jordan Lee, um, and he bursts into Ewing Oil, all huffing and puffing and pissed. And he basically says that JR can't sit with them at lunch anymore. Because <laughs> they're going to be investigating uh, the strip mining operation because, uh, because of... Uh, and JR is basically like, that was going to happen anyway, dude. And JR makes <laughs> and some... Like, yeah, well, it's happening faster, so shut up. And JR makes some comment about... Well, uh, th- this was just to get uh, some investors uh, from the East to, you know, these comments were bringing investors to raise, bring in money and blah, blah, blah. And Jordan's like, we're not doing business. The cartel and the U.S. oil are done. Once again, they're done. Okay. Okay. Round, okay. And, round and round the cartel merry-go-round uh-huh. goes. Yep. And then we cut to Mitch at a diner, and I like this scene because I like seeing young people. I like seeing a younger, younger people doing things on the show. It's rare, so I always like when we see it. It's um, so it's like a college hangout where two dudes are being gross about Lucy and the front, oh, front of a God. magazine. One of, the, one of them being Lance, Ogl- Lance Guest, her. who was ended up on Knott's Landing of all places mm-hmm. and St. Elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then her name her name isn't given in the scene, but it's Jean. But I'm going to call her Shirley, yeah. as in Nurse Shirley Daniels, because they're in med school. Right. She very she basically heads him off at the pass as he wants to go pound oh, yeah. these dudes. She sees what's happening a couple of tables away, and she's like, and it sounds, she's friends with Mitch. Obviously, they've been like lab partners and stuff. And she's like, okay, I'm going to stop. And I bet she knows Mitch's temper. So she just slides in there just as Mitch is about to get up to, like, punch those dudes in the face. <laughs> Can I get the, uh, the notes from the class? You got, you got them, right? Uh, oh, yeah, I recorded them. And those dudes are going on about, you know, waking up in bed with that and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And nice save, though, girl. Nice save. She's mm-hmm. like, her advice, live with it. Live with it. Right. She's just like, like, because she's like, it doesn't matter. Just live with it. It's fine. And then he's just kind of like, what does he say? Easier said than done or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's a smart girl. Right. She's a smart girl. Mitch, Lucy's in your bed every night. She's not in their right. bed. Why are you worried about it? Because she's with you, man. Who cares what anybody else she is She chose you. She didn't choose these other people. Exactly. It's exactly. a job. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like being related to an actor or an actress. And they have to go on screen and they have to have... Love scenes with somebody right. else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. And then you go home to your regular family, and it's it's done. Yeah. Yeah. It's a job. Yeah. So then Cliff and Bobby come back from lunch. It's obviously obvious that they've been talking about what they're going to do over lunch. Is he going to recuse himself? Is he not? More funky music, though. More funky music. <laughs> 
And um, then he goes in and... Cliff, Ever- wait, Cliff, Cliff is trying to convince Bobby that he owes it to his, 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 the people that put him in office and try and keep him on the committee. And I can't help but wonder in the back of my mind, as Cliff saying to himself, putting Bobby in the middle of Jock and Miss Ellie could cause more friction in the Ewing family, which makes me I- happy. I have a feeling it's something like that. It's he's not doing it for nice reasons. Not he's for doing altruistic it for, reasons. Right. I like no, that word altruistic. Never. That's a good word. That's a good word. Yes. It's a fancy word. Um, yeah, he, he's he's being questionable. And, and in the back, in the back is a Bank of America sign in dark brown and white. Before it went uh, red, oh, white, and blue. Before a new logo. And so then Bobby walks in the room, and it's really awkward because they you could tell they didn't expect to see him again. And he shouldn't be there. It should not be allowed. And he should not be there. And they're just kind of like, uh, well, I thought you weren't going to be here. And then Bobby's <laughs> just like, I'm not going to back down just because it's unpleasant. And, and uh, whoa. I feel like they're kind of like, that's not what down. we were saying at all. <laughs> cue up like, the Tom hey. Petty. Cue up Tom Petty. And I yep. won't. Back. And it's like the point and over Bobby's head completely. <laughs> They're kind of like, it's not because it's unpleasant for you. It's because it's not right. It's okay. conflict of interest. Yes. Um, okay. So then we cut to the final scene of the episode where JR goes to Leslie's. She's wearing that red dress. She, she is dressed. Yeah. So he he knocks at the door, and we see her inside. And then she's like, and he's like, "It's Jr." And then she's like, "Oh, hold on, I'm not dressed." And then she just runs into the other room, grabs suitcases, and puts them by the door. And you're like, "Oh, prop. What do you what do you do? That's a prop." And then um, he mm. opens the door, and she's like, "I'm leaving town." And I'm like, "Oh, girl's playing him." Oh. There's a firm back east that's been courting me for a year, a long time, and I've I've decided to go work for them, and blah blah blah. And then he's just like, well, I'll, he just, he buys right into it. He's like, well, I'll set you up in your own business and you could have all the best business and blah, 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 oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what, what comes with that? What kind of exclusive contract? That's what I want to know, JR. Right. What are you trying to like pull here? And this is when she pulls it's it out. Town. She's been playing the long game. She's like, I have a problem. I want you. And then JR's like, yeah. bullshit. She does. She didn't but want him all along. She was manip- messing with him, uh, pushing him oh, away. Oh, she manip- manipulated him the whole time. And then mm-hmm. and she's like, but it won't work because you're married. And as long as you're married, it could never work. He calls Sue Ellen an inconvenience. Yeah. He's such an asshole. Ding him. Ding him. <laughs> garbage bell. Garbage bell. Um, and... I, that this is when I was like, oh, she has been playing the long game the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then he's mm-hmm. like, so you want me to leave Sue Ellen for you? And she's just like, oh, I want you to do whatever you want to do. Oof. Do, wait, do, do you hear the Bad. sound? That was the other shoe dropping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Bad idea jeans, Leslie. Freeze frame. Freeze frame. Boop, boop, boop. Freeze frame. Oh my god! And I gave this one four point three five bourbons and some hotel room caviar. I went with a four five and a nice trip to the Mountain Club. Nice. It's Melanie's turn. She's thinking. I said four point two five and an uncontrolled woman. <laughs> nice. <sighs> <laughs> Twirl that mustache. <laughs> no, you know that Doctor Evil and and Company's laugh on Austin Powers, the the one over and over. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I I know it, but I didn't see most of those movies. Oh my God, you're missing out. Should we shag now, or shall we shag later? How <laughs> we shag never. <laughs> before we go, I should let you guys know that we have a few new t-shirts up at 
um, and our merchandise area. Yeah, and our um, at tpublic.com, which the link to that should be in your show notes. And we have a couple. If you are a Suellen fan, if you're a Suellen stan, what is a stan? What's stan? Who's stan? It means like you're standing with someone. It means like you are you stand with them forever. You know, like you are loyal. Stan, like S T A N. Severe than a yeah. It's lingo, Josh. It was coined by Gen Z, I think, not understanding the significance of Stan. Who's she? Oh, boy. Stan was a Who's song by Eminem. Yes, I know. Generation Z. Who's Gen Z? Generation Z. Oh. I like thought, Gen X? I thought, Gen Z? I thought it was a rapper. <laughs> it could be the name of a rapper. Sure. It could it be. It could be, but it's... Yeah. Um... Yeah, so anyway, if you are a Sue Ellen stan, we have two t-shirts for you. And then we also have a, a special I Am Takapa t-shirt that is up with all the names of the people. It's Pat Powers, Pat Powers. and Jack and Ray and JR. Um, and it's our special one just for the season. So anyway, there's lots of cool stuff in the um, Tee Public, and I'm going to try to come up with new stuff. If anybody has any T-shirt ideas, like a dream T-shirt for Dallas, let me know. Because, yeah, we're trying to add to it. We're trying to have things that you guys would like, and there's not a lot of like cool Dallas stuff out there. Well, that we T-shirt have, comes like, several cool, years later. <laughs> like cool, relevant, you know, up-to-date Dallas stuff. So, yeah, let us know. Do they do shot glasses? Yeah, they're on there. Oh. You can buy anything on T-Public. You can get a shot glass. You can get... JR shot glasses. Could do. Could do. Um, so anyway, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, we will see you next time. The Gathering Storm. Oh, ominous. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Bye. Y'all come back now, you hear? I'm an uncontrollable woman. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Tea parties. <laughs>